Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Smiles himself, Christian Redshaw. <laughs> Christian, how are you doing today? Uh, it's afternoon. I'm starting to really wake up now, and my third coffee's kicking in, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good. Pretty right. good about life. How That's are good. you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I haven't had any coffee, but I'm, I'm pretty chipper. Dominic, who's our guest today? Our guest today is Matt Holland. He is from Field Effect, and they're based in uh, Ottawa, uh, Ontario, Canada. Uh, really looking forward to the conversation with him. I know that their um, company serves a small and mid-sized uh, businesses, so it should be an interesting conversation. Let's bring Matt on. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. Awesome. Well, I know Christian and I are really looking forward to this conversation and uh, I thought maybe we could just start off in terms of better understanding sort of your career narrative. You know, what's been your journey to date? Um, what brought you to where you are today? Sure, sure. So I, I started uh, with one of Canada's intelligence agencies back in 2000 called Communications Security Establishment uh, right at a university. I uh, had the opportunity to uh, join, I guess, uh, a group that was the, the pointy end of the stick uh, in, in regards to intelligence gathering. So it was a really, really neat uh, experience. Got to work with some amazing teams on some really cool technology and, and ultimately uh, started a company uh, as a co-founder in 2007 called Lynchpin Labs. Uh, that company, I always need to be careful how I word this, uh, was a privatized intelligence and tradecraft company in support of a small subset of allied governments. Uh, so we, we did uh, lots of uh, very interesting things and uh, had quite a bit of success there. Uh, in 2018, ended up selling uh, Lynchpin to a large contracting or defense contractor in the U.S. called L3. But prior to that, uh, I started a company called Field Effect uh, Software. And what we do is we build uh, cybersecurity solutions uh, uh, directed at uh, small to medium businesses. Oh, very, very cool. Um, one of the things which uh, I'd love to get your, uh, I guess, your non-technical description of, I know something that we talked about when we were having a pre-chat, was around zero day vulnerabilities. You know, in, in the IT and security community, you know, people know what know what that means. But if you were to go up to a CEO of a business and say, you know, zero day vulnerability is a good chance he or she would say zero what? Um, you know, I'm wondering if you could break that down in terms of you know, from a non-technical perspective, what is a zero day vulnerability and why does it pose a, a threat or risk to an organization? Sure. Uh, a zero day vulnerability is essentially uh, an unknown flaw uh, in software. Uh, that can be exploited for uh, nefarious purposes. Uh, there, there's different types of uh, vulnerabilities. Bas basically, they kind of break down into known or unknown. And, and known vulnerabilities are typically patched in software. So it's something that uh, if you, as long as you keep your software up to date, uh, you won't be susceptible to those known vulnerabilities. But with zero days, nobody knows about them. Uh, and it's kind of a scary thought because uh, you know, th there's an unknown number of zero day vulnerabilities today. So uh, every once in a while you hear about, uh, you know, an iPhone uh, uh, vulnerability uh, being released. And it's a scary thought to think uh, how many, you know, how much that has been exploited uh, in the past. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty scary thing from a, from a business perspective because, you know, the best businesses function when they can plan uh, with known variables. And if, if a company cannot plan around, uh, I guess, a security posture in a confident way, then zero days ultimately pose a threat because how do you, how do you know, um, you know, what 
uh, IT assets are protected, what's vulnerable, what's not vulnerable, and you know, it, it's it, it creates a big question mark uh, around around your business, and, and it's a bit of a scary concept. That's probably one of the, the best descriptions of a zero day vulnerability I've ever heard. I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. And I know our, our viewers and listeners are gonna—that's gonna definitely resonate with them. And um, maybe in, in, in that same breath around vulnerabilities or, 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 or risks, you know, you mentioned how FieldFX focuses on small and mid-sized organizations. Um, in terms of cyber risk and how the SMB market is dealing with that, where are are they on that maturity curve right now? Like the most small and mid-sized businesses struggle with cyber risk? Are, do most of them ignore it? Where, where do you sort of see that maturity needle? Uh, I think it's getting better. I, I think two years ago, being a cybersecurity vendor was is a little bit more challenging because uh, the, the, you know, to, to try to convince uh, that cybersecurity mattered, it, it was it was much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart, I uh, used your uh, yeah. name. <laughs> nice name drop. But it was a hard thing to, to get across because it was this nebulous thing that, uh, you know, SMBs generally didn't understand. And, and honestly, there's a bit, we, we like to say there's a bit of a, a, a cybersecurity tax concept around it because you buy IT assets, uh, you just want them to work. You don't, you don't want to have to worry about somebody breaking into them on the other side of the world. And, and that, that's a giant pain. Um, but fast forward to today, after a couple of years of ransomware uh, propagation throughout the world, I, I think the SMB market is starting to, to really become uh, much more cognizant of the risk uh, associated with cybersecurity if, if you don't take it seriously. So um, I think, you know, I think that's definitely getting better. Uh, the, the number of cybersecurity solutions out there uh, that are appropriate for the SMB market, I think, is an entirely different yeah. conversation. But I think there's <laughs> definitely uh, much more buy-in that uh, this is something that everybody needs to uh, take seriously. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, really well put, Matt. And so for field effect specifically and breaking the SMB category down even further, what industries are you finding there is a, is more of an uptick? Maybe they're leading industries when it comes to cybersecurity, and then maybe some that are kind of um, less inclined to take action, maybe some laggards? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it's somewhat proportional to the the targets or the, the victims that we've been seeing the most. Uh, I think healthcare, there's been a lot of instances in, in the media where they've been getting ransomware, and I think healthcare is really starting to pick up, uh, taking it seriously. Uh, legal firms, I think there's been an increase uh, an awareness there. Uh, manufacturing generally, I think, is uh, really coming around. Um, trying to think of those are, you know, I, I can't really think of a specific uh, vertical that really isn't taking it seriously at this point. What about uh, construction? Are they, where do you think um, they fit into the picture? I, I have found them maybe less inclined to uh, to look at that because their business is so tangible, right? So maybe they're less data oriented. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you might be right about that. Uh, we, we have, uh, I, I don't want to dive too much into our <laughs> specific experience. Yeah, how many construction clients yeah. do you specifically have there? <laughs> I always say not enough. Not <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Same but, with us. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that there have been a few cases where we've helped out with, uh, uh, a ransomware incident and uh, trans. We always like to transition customers into full-time, uh, you know, customers, build a relationship, and you know, really, we, we treat customers as partners. And uh, there, there definitely have been cases where, um, I think, on the construction side, it, yeah, as you put, I think it's a you put it well that 
things are a little bit more tangible and a little a little less electronic. So for it sure, might not be uh, on the radar as much. For sure. So just a few more questions here before I hand it over again to Dominic. I'm thinking about your initial conversations that you have with clients and why they approach you or why they're referred to you in the first place. What are those conversations like? Why are they why are they reaching out to you and getting in touch? And what are you guys talking about in those early days? Uh, I, I think there's probably two uh, common, uh, I guess, starting points. Uh, one would be uh, a random company uh, in, encounters, a, you know, an attack, typically in the form of a ransomware incident, and they just need help. And um, I, I think the our approach to it is is unique in the industry in that we engage, we, we you know, we, we come on site, we, we really try to bring as much support as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and I think that uh, that is uh, an approach that customers generally really, you know, in, in the context of being ransomware, having somebody to give you like, a, uh, you know, a security hug, so to speak, <laughs> is, is really helpful. So I, I think that, that sounds warm uh, and fuzzy. It sounds positive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think that's, uh, that's one way. Um, the other way is, uh, often we get people, uh, or companies contacting us where they're just absolutely tired of trying to cobble together enterprise solutions. And, uh, you know, they, they bought an endpoint and they, they don't know how to use it. Nobody's monitoring it. They bought a network solution. They don't know what to do with that. And ultimately SMBs, you know, they, they just don't want to get hacked. They just want help and they don't want to get hacked. And, and companies come to us because we have a holistic solution that uh, is everything in all in one where we provide a, a security services team and, you know, customers can sleep at night and not have to worry about that cybersecurity tax. All that with a hug. Yeah. Was a, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're happy, friendly Canadians. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, next time in Ottawa, I know where to get a hug. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, um, one of the things I wanted to, to, to ask you was, well, especially at the SMB level, that there's so many executives and business owners who equate cybersecurity with IT. They view it as one and the same, right? And if you try to have a conversation with them, they're like, well, you know, our IT guy takes care of it kind of thing. Um, a, are you seeing that still as a barrier? And B, how do we overcome that? You know, how, how do we bridge that level of awareness to help business owners recognize that they're not one and the same? Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think it is getting better. I'll, I'll, I'll just come out and say that. I think um, the, the, the key to getting an IT team on board is uh, highlighting how you make things better for them and make their life easier. Ultimately, everybody you know, is on the same team when, when you bring an IT security or a uh, cybersecurity vendor in. So connecting with the IT team and enabling them and empowering them uh, and, and maybe you know, taking it off their plate so they can take a longer lunch each day. So I think it, it is starting to, to get um, uh, a bit better. Uh, I think connecting cyber, the importance of cybersecurity outside of the IT team uh, is getting a bit better. And I think it will continue to get better just due to the uh, increased uh, importance on uh, compliance frameworks, uh, you know, the things you have to do to get cyber insurance. And if you can't get cyber insurance, what does that mean to the long-term uh, outlook of your company? I think in the whole uh, M&A space, I think that's going to change pretty dramatically over the next few years where uh, a company that uh, is the acquiring entity may ask very pointed questions about your history of taking cybersecurity seriously. Have there been breaches? You know, Ideally not. And if you're saying no, they may say, prove it to me. 
So the the importance of cybersecurity, I think, is starting to creep into executive minds and, and, and decision makers within companies. And that's really interesting that, that you, you mentioned that, Matt. I mean, do, do you do you see that with some of the um, maybe some of your B two B clients where um, they're in a position where they need to take their security more seriously because they're not able to sell to larger companies now because of um, more stringent vendor risk management or third party risk management? Are you starting to see the, that 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 bubble down as well from I guess seeing cybersecurity through through a business lens a bit more yeah uh, the 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 big one we're starting to see is uh, ISO two thousand or twenty seven thousand one that certification is starting to bubble up uh, more as a um, I think people are realizing that if they don't take care of it they're not going to be able to you know apply or, or be a part of particular uh, business deals because of you know that that lacking certification just is a component of contracts now so. I think that's starting to uh, impact things. That's really interesting. I I, I have um, one more uh, question, you know, for, for for you, Matt. And this has been really engaged, really interesting conversation. You know, the when we're looking at, um, you know, you, you mentioned ransomware. You know, and you know, it's almost like a digital wildfire that's just running right across, you know, the the, the Canadian and, you know, small mid sized organization right across the world. Um, are we going to keep seeing more of that in 2022? Like, do you see that slowing down at any point? Are we still in an accelerating curve here in terms of of how, how often and how quickly uh, ransomware is, is hitting? I'm just curious to sort of some of your predictions in that regard for for this coming year. It's a tough call. Um, I, I I don't think we've seen any indications of uh, any decreasing attempts uh, on, on the attacker side, and we're still. You know, we've got a healthy inbound of, uh, you know, this is unfortunate, but uh, IR uh, cases, uh, incident response cases where uh, companies need help from uh, being ransomware. So uh, from a practical standpoint, what we're seeing uh, today, there's no decrease. Uh, I always think it's it's a bit of a, an ebb and flow as well, because there, there's, you know, the high level of tradecraft occasionally finds weird ways to make it into the hands of attackers. Uh, and, um, you know, some, an example would be, you know, some of the leaks that have happened in the, the U.S. intelligence industry where, uh, you know, uh, particular, uh, you know, shadow brokers leak, for example, that, that really kicked off modern ransomware uh, attacks based on, you know, high level uh, kernel exploitation and, and whatnot. And that, that was a trigger uh, for an, another wave that's lasted several years now of, of ransomware attacks. Um, so, you know, there could be something like that. Um, but th- there's there's no indications from what we've seen that it's going to slow down at all anytime soon. Amazing. Uh, I really appreciate that insight. And, and Matt, I guess one more question before we do really let you go. Uh, for our viewers and listeners who want to learn more about you or learn more about Field Effect, where can they go? Uh, fieldeffect.com. Uh, come visit us. Come ask for help. We're, we're a company that, that just wants to help all the companies in the world and democratize cybersecurity. Uh, so, yeah. Reach out, and we'll give you a hand. Amazing, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast today. That was an absolutely fantastic conversation. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys for having me. Awesome, Christian. I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. Well, that was a really enjoyable conversation with Matt. You know, I think uh, he did a really great uh, description of zero-day vulnerabilities. They got most people in the tech space struggle to describe that in non-technical ways. And Matt just nailed that. Like that was, that was one of the best descriptions I've ever heard. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, for me, it's really simple. His answer on why companies actually reach out to him for cybersecurity help. They want help. 
and they don't want to get hacked. Yeah. Very easy. <laughs> Very uh, simple. <laughs> we've heard that before, right? Yep. Yep. But what I was encouraged to hear from his perspective, I guess in terms of his clients, uh, manufacturing, healthcare, what was the other one? Uh, legal. Mm. Lawyers are actually listening now. This is uh, this is amazing stuff. We've come a long way in a short time. Yeah. We're through the looking glass now. <laughs> but um, I think that was a really great conversation. We're very grateful to to Matt and uh, Feel Effect for, for coming on the show today. And uh, we hope that our loyal listeners and viewers enjoyed that episode as well. And if you missed a previous episode, please do check out the uh, Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page and or on your favorite podcasting platform. But until next time, be well and be safe. And we will see you again on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. 